0: Hello everybody,
1: hello, oh wait, I have to switch to the KeepCast scene. Hi everybody, how's everyone doing? I had to really, if you guys don't already know, I had to completely redo the scene, because there's more (laughs) than four people, but I think I did okay. What do you guys think? How's everyone doing tonight? Hello to Robert and Max from Keys. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: Hello, hello. Hey, hey, we're doing great. Thank you for having
1: us. No worries. Hello to Regan and Chase as well. We we didn't have Regan yesterday on our impromptu episode of Diego, but he is here now. And his hotel room looks great. He's
3: back. Thank you, (laughs) thank you, thank you.
1: Reagan is my girlfriend. I thought he was mine. This is confusing. No, we have to talk later. Um, just put my FR4 plate with sixty-eight gram progressives on my board. Hell yeah, dude. So Robert Max, you guys do artisans, and I kind of want to ask how you guys got into this.
2: Ooh, that's a good story. Well. You guys can watch like the long, long version. I did a story on this actually three years ago on Tested. So if you guys just Google Clacky's Tested on uh, YouTube, there's a good video where uh, they did an interview on us or at the time it was just me by myself in my basement. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's the full, full story. But basically um, the the short story is uh, I was looking for a keyboard my wife because she was setting up her new office and stumbled across the R mechanical keyboards and i was like i need me i need a new keyboard too now and so i ended up getting um a couple new boards and then i was scrolling scrolling and then i started seeing people doing uh clay sculptures yeah um um you know which you know are artisans oh um and uh at the time, I wasn't working. I just quit my last job. I was working at DreamWorks Animation, so I'm a oh, 3D. Wow. i am a 3 used to be a 3D artist uh, in production on film and games, and so I've been 3D printing and doing manufacturing uh, of that kind of sort of stuff for a long time. And uh, I had printers also, oh, like you, uh, with me, um, personal ones, right? So I was like, "Hey, that's a cool thing. Maybe I'm going to try that out. Uh, do my own art on and put it on a keyboard." And so I ended up making uh the booby cap which was the first keycap that I ever did cool and uh is it like was really popular and so uh you know I can go in like details forever but basically that just launched the key the whole idea of a new job and a new like uh uh project at the time for me to get into because I was yeah. just um I would just tell my friends that I'm retired but really we moved to of a small town here in davis california where there's no visual effects or video game industry for me to get into so i just (laughs) kind of found my way into doing something on my own which
1: is always a fun thing to kind of you know i think a lot of people dream of you know owning something or or doing something like that too so that's definitely cool that you can stumble upon something like that and then really work towards it and you know make because i I own a few of your guys origins as well and uh it's it's honestly really cool like I remember the Darth Vader one I got for my dad because he's a huge huge Darth Vader fan and um I was I was actually when I got up before before our interview I was like I'm gonna go get it and then it's on his keyboard right now and he's playing games I'm like okay I'm not gonna bother him (laughs) (laughs) so I was like okay forget it (laughs) never mind um but no that's really cool so you guys have been in business for a while then
2: yeah yeah we started uh, I started the company in 2016 it was literally overnight i think once i sold the keycaps once i decided i'm going to sell those keycaps i literally thought of the name clackies i went and trademarked it i went and bought the website like it was within a week it was idea to sale to owning an entire um incorporation um of like this whole idea right and then um that was like the end of 2016 um, and then basically it was a garage studio for yeah. the past like three years. And then Max, what was the month that you kind of.
4: Like in September, then... October. Yeah. October.
2: Yeah. So then at that point, Max joined our team um, in this last uh, last year in September, October. Um, How did you find us, Max?
4: Uh, So I'm in Los Angeles right now. Uh, I kind of stumbled out of college to the licensing of film and entertainment properties at Fox. Uh, I was doing mobile game stuff. Uh, It was back before Disney made their big acquisition. Uh, And Fox, I ended up at Sony uh, doing mobile game license as well but i always kind of wanted to get into more of like a physical product and makes sense like i don't know i would i would be doing like a an iphone game at my desk sitting next to the guy reviewing i don't know all the ghostbuster stuff or whatever and i was like oh that looks pretty cool like i want to do that and so the pandemic hits uh everybody starts working from home and they're like oh let's find new ways of opportunity uh like of revenue opportunities, of ways we can license things out. My roommate had just introduced me to the, uh, the world of mechanical keyboards. I think I was using Silent Cherry MX Reds for <laughs> 40 years, being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, we can put these TV shows and movies onto a keyboard. So I set up a deal with, uh, with Sony and another company, uh, and then like a month later, they took our 20 person division down to six people, and I unfortunately was one of the people let go, and I had an eye out for what Robert was doing already, and I was like, hey, let's start making official keycaps. And so that's kind of been the goal going forward.
1: Which, yeah. is, Super cool. yeah, which is really cool. Uh, we actually had a question too. <laughs> it's kind of a silly one, but um, Spump asks, Here's a question for you, artisan makers. Whenever I try a raffle, why does all my luck disappear? (laughs) I don't don't even know. Yeah, that I don't think.
2: You know, Clocky has actually always been like an outlier in the artisan world. Um, I can tell you confidently that when we started, people didn't even consider uh, 3D printed, non hand sculpted resin keycaps artisans. Um, And. That's like saying to any digital artist now, uh, like an animated cartoon that's three D isn't a real cartoon. You know, it's it's unless you hand draw it, like you know they did a ladder or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for me, that just you know you brush that kind of comment off. But that that perception uh, was there in the very beginning for us, and then um, so it kind of forced me to operate Clackies in like our own way, in yeah. a sense, like. So we never did raffles um we had we've gone through like various business models of like at any time you can buy any artist you want like there was a time in i think 2017 i would have every single artisan that we've ever made as a inventory and you can just buy to order like everything and um that was we did that for a while and then um Then we changed it again and changed it again. You're always like experimenting when you have a small business, right? And so, but one of the things is we never did raffles because um, why actually, you know, I don't really know why I never did it, but it just never really made sense to me that I'm like, hey, if I'm gonna make something, I want my customers to be able to buy it. So so I was like, I'm gonna, you know, make a Shopify account at the time. and, And actually we started on Etsy. So I'm gonna make an Etsy account and these are the things we got, come and order it, you know, like it's not complicated. And so, um, I think it's also, our process is very unique. So we're able to scale like our production, um, quite effectively, uh, depending on like how popular something is.
1: So I have a question about that too. And I know, so Regan, you started off with, was it WooCommerce? What'd you start off with? Well, yeah, yeah, it was. So when you guys went from Etsy to Shopify, because I know Regan also moved to Shopify as well. What was that experience like? Was it a good experience moving off of Etsy? Um, did you find Etsy helped with organic traffic? Because uh, I feel like that's also pretty interesting. Because again, I, as you, we were talking before the um, the actual live stream started, I work in, in web development and stuff too. So it's always interesting to see why people moved off of a platform. Um, and I think it's very very valuable conversation too.
2: Oh, that's for me for both of you guys oh yeah yeah oh, okay i'll go first i guess um so i think i moved off of etsy because i had a lot of issues knowing what people ordered when they would buy like more than one keycap so like you could buy this or that you'd add three or four different keycaps at three to four different colors and then you really start hitting like this limitation of like uh, you know, you want this key... Oh, we, we we did a lot of uh, customization in our keycaps. Like, you can order, like, a red variant or a blue variant or, yeah. like, a red variant with a blue stripe or a green stripe, and you can actually put that information in, like, the checkout. Mm-hmm. And so once I started getting down this, like, path of letting my customers uh, decide what keycap and what the style of the keycap should be, you really started to hit that wall with the Etsy platform of, like, uh, tracking inventory and like too many skews yeah different (laughs) skews and and then like now you have one guy who ordered seven keycaps of 15 different colors and you're like and then you have say 50 customers all with different variations of orders and you're like how do i look at this data and um etsy does let you download like an xls type file um and like which gives you like, you know, your rows and columns of all the information you need. And so I literally had my wife write me like a script to like parse through that data and literally spit out like all the information that I needed to like actually fulfill people's orders. because You're like, OK,
3: it's time for Shopify.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then at that time, like, there's got to be a better method to like managing these orders. And so but the best thing about uh, Etsy for small business people is that it's like an instantaneous store. And it's really simple and it's a really good place to like get going. Um, and, um, I am like not an entrepreneur expert, but I do know that like testing a market for something is Etsy's a great place to do that, to test an idea or design or color, whatever. Their website too
3: has so much traffic that when you, um, kind of put together your profile and you set your tag words, the yeah. SEO benefit you get from like kind of jumping on Etsy's back, absolutely. Like your keywords like clack keys will come up so much more initially just because of the uh, the Etsy traffic.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's a it's one of those things too where I, I tell people as well like, because um, I know a lot of people who jump straight into going to Shopify and they're like, well, no one's looking at my stuff. It's like, well, how how are you organically reaching people? And Etsy yeah, does absolutely. have that power. So it's like if you type in keycaps. There is that yeah. chance that if they type in that specific keycap they want, or anything really, you have a chance to be pulling uh, to be pulled up first, um, which is yeah. interesting. Uh, so that's definitely definitely interesting. The transition as well. Um, another question I had for you guys. I don't know, Chase. Did you guys have any? Regan, I'm, I'm talking too much. I feel it's all my <laughs> questions right now.
3: I'm talking way too much, dude.
1: <laughs> Do you have any other questions, guys? Uh,
3: no, I've just, I've just been listening. No, okay. it's cool to hear your story and kind of where you're at now. I personally am a huge opponent of Shopify. Like I absolutely love it. I wish I would have got with them in the very beginning. It may have not made complete sense, but I definitely would have had a lot less headache with, with crashing and kind of database loss and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super happy personally with Shopify.
2: Yeah, um, which is actually funny to mention that we just moved off of Shopify like <laughs> nine months ago. Okay. And we did it for two reasons um we hit a wall with stylizing styling our website and mm, yes um so that was the biggest limitation for me as an artist that since like literally i'm doing all the web design right and i'm not a web designer so um the what i hit with shopify is that when i started selling a keycap i wanted to tell a story of that keycap, I wanted to say like maybe where my inspiration was, how it's built, you know, a lot of photography, maybe a video embedding. And you start hitting all these things and these elements. And I'm like, I couldn't really do that effectively on Shopify without buying like 47 plugins.
1: Oh yes. And, and they are the, monthly fees too. If you guys don't know anything plugins. about Shopify, by the way, in chat, just the stupid thing about Shopify is Unlike WordPress and other platforms, even Magento, Magento's not as bad. Well, Magento's still pretty bad because you still have to buy like shit tons of add-ons. But Shopify has like all these ridiculous little tweaks that you can do to the thing, like the actual platform, but it all costs you monthly and it's all very expensive. Yeah. I would like yeah. to
3: come to the defense of that <laughs> statement in that I had several hundred dollars a month worth of ads with WordPress and I mean ads, uh add-ons with yeah. WordPress and WooCommerce as well. Mm -hmm. And then what I noticed is when I switched to Shopify, I mean, you still have them. They're a little bit easier to plug in and use and install, but like they definitely get you with the monthly stuff by leaving it open source. But
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. I'm grateful because I I personally use a lot of those.
2: Yeah. And I think I had four or five of them at the time and they're awesome. Like if you need a way for your customers to upload photos and or, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. documents or any of that kind of stuff, like you have a lot of those things you can do it like at checkout. So I think. If, I, if we had like either a budget or like a bigger um, team to like really take advantage of like sort of the, like the end of Shopify and style pages, how I want to do it, then I think it would totally be a, a platform that we would use. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, yeah, we moved to Squarespace just because we wanted to have this like visual vertical scrolling story um about any given artisan so
1: oh cool and,
2: and yeah uh, so we did take a hit on the ability to like control like you know order numbers and all those things that shopify is really good at
1: no it's definitely cool information i would have never thought moving to square i actually haven't dabbled too much in Squarespace. Yeah. um one question i have before we get into some questions i see in chat uh I actually i have been wondering too because like one of my favorite things that you guys have done is the sarlacc pit uh oh, love, really? yeah I, I love the sarlacc pit you um right here? yeah i love it it's so much fun and
2: it's i have a question my <laughs> sorry let <laughs> so you mention it oh it's on your desk it's um, literally like under my camera right in oh, front of is us. It, it's you it, it, it. It,
1: yeah it's like because i guess that particular scene has always like within the star wars universe has always been like a favorite of mine i'm not like crazy 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 in the star wars but right uh, it definitely reminds me about watching it with my dad as i was growing up too um So what's been the most fun? What's the most fun you've had doing one of your caps? And I guess that question for Max as well, like, what's the most fun that you've had working on a
2: cap?
4: Robert, you go first, and I'll I'll answer mine.
2: Yeah. So um, I think. So if you look at our body of work, like it's very nostalgia, Like, there's a lot of tones of like everything pre 2000s, right? and very much like stuff in the eighties and nineties and, and, uh, too. Um, and so sort of when I started the company, I was like, and kind of the, to touch on that a little bit is I also worked in entertainment for a long time. So um, there's a lot of movies that I hold dear to me that are, you know, classic stuff that I grew up watching. Like you were talking about with your dad yeah. watching like Wars stuff, right? So very similar uh, notes uh, for me. So when I started designing artisans, like you could either, I, I mean, people do what they want to do. Right. So like, for me, I just wanted to recreate artwork of things that I loved, loved as a kid, still love as an adult, stuff like that. So, um, or like, you know, whether it be a character or an image or a scene, um, or just like an idea. So, um, yeah. So the, sar, uh, the sar clack, hit um, is one of those is that um, you know you have like your go to stuff of like you know your basic troopers and your helmets and things like that but um, this was what this particular keycap I think was a fun just being able to pull something like uh, unique from a movie and kind of like rebuild it as something else right so turning a really quick uh, scene in a movie into like a fully formed idea as a yeah. cap, right so it's like very transformative um so but to answer your question was like my favorite one um you know i guess like my favorites kind of always change a little bit Which is um,
1: usually, it's like it's like i don't know if you've ever been yeah. told this by your parents or someone that loves you it's like when you ask like i used to ask my dad who's your favorite son and he'd look me dead in the eye and be like don't ever ask me that stupid question again
2: yeah <laughs> um but I think, you know, the, the the cap that I enjoyed doing the most where I felt like I had like where I really, really worked hard to think it from like the bottom to the top is our, uh, uh, the flux capacitor.
1: Oh, okay. um,
2: and so we did that in 2000 either 17 or 18 and I have, I think one of my early tests here on camera, I just kind of throw it up there for you guys to check it out, but Um, And you can go back in time on our Instagram and like look at like where it lights up and stuff But this is like 10 different pieces. It's all hand-painted. There's like clear parts. There's opaque parts um, There's resin poured windows and so like everything about that was extremely hard and Frustrating and it actually made me want to quit doing this whole thing completely really yeah, because well you would like you would spend say Three or four hours making a bunch of them right and then when you go and pour your resin window you could have like the resin can lift up your paint you could overflow it and ruin you know 700 worth of keycaps in like literally 30 seconds right so um you know it's 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 one of those caps where like it's amazing to craft but it was so complicated to do so you really kind of by the time you're at the end of fulfilling all your orders you like you're done i literally vowed that i would never do it again you know (laughs) and i literally took a break for probably two or three months from making artisans so um so that was like the hardest cap to make and the most frustrating but also the most rewarding that's cool
1: yeah what about you max
4: uh i guess mine is like from a slightly different perspective so i remember at the time i was like working on this like cable simulator where it was like nike id for cables and i was not officially a part of clackies and i remember being in like in robert's chat of one of his streams and him kind of having this idea to do a spaceman uh keycap and uh several months later after joining the uh clackies team and, and kind of getting my foot in the door we were able to like launch it and there's like i have it here, yeah, there's like yeah. several several different pieces, magnets, and just like all the iterations that went into it was like really cool to see. But then also seeing that we could take that keycap as like something we invested so much time into and also rebrand it to work with other GMK sets. So we did it with like GMK Avantgarde. Um, I think oh, Robert just changed yeah, the, camera I see change the camera to that. <laughs> um, Ooh. and uh, we're gonna be doing Ooh. something similar with another upcoming uh, GMK buy as well. So
3: which one? Uh, Is it private?
4: <laughs> I, let me let me ask him. I don't think it's private. Coming I
1: mean, Reagan Reagan trying to get the inside scoops, the leaks. I'm, I mean,
3: I'm just curious, but also it's like free advertising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Incognito said someone. You guys have, there's so many people so into that set, Rick. In, in and oh,
4: if the designer is in chat right now, I think we'd be happy to open discussion, Robert. We've <laughs> already discussed this.
2: I, have a, I have a, can I, how uh, ch- child friendly is this dream?
1: It's not rated mature, so we can't show anything too crazy, but.
2: All right, well, it's not crazy. It's clothed, but anyway. I mean, I think this is a perfect. key Oh, is cap it the butt? For- yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one get- for it. Yeah, and that—that's probably like I think that's my either the second or third artisan I ever made. Is that cat?
1: The butt. The butt's a classic. But I've seen that a few times on, uh, yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Um. Uh, so to bring up some questions from chat here, to uh, start from the top. Hey all, or hey, it would be hey all or hey y'all. One of the two. Uh, Asked, about artisans, how do you guys feel about printed versus sculpted? Like, is there a realness factor implied?
2: I think Which, um, just like traditional sculpture and 3D sculpture at this point, I think they're just two different mediums of working. Um, and I think anyone who's like a real artist respects the other artists and how they craft things. It doesn't yeah. matter what tool. Everything is just a tool, right? Mm-hmm. um, and, um you Know an iPad where people draw and procreate that's just a tool for them to make art. Um, rather, whether it's easier or faster is completely irrelevant because I just because it's easier or um gets you to the shapes or the designs that you want to quicker basically just allows oh, you to you, take dude. the quality or that idea further, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you could say someone can sculpt something in clay and it would take them a week to make, let's just say, a nose sculpture, right? But in working digital, you could spend an hour and do a nose sculpture. And you say, oh, well, the value in one is more and less or whatever, right? Well, that that argument's totally irrelevant. Yeah. And two, um, one medium has a certain look and uh, and you got to appreciate both for what they yeah. can do. And then when you're working in digital, um you're able to take that sculpture further in a different way uh more than the person working traditional so like you could do this you could sculpt like the pores and the hairs and the details that you want to right um so it just allows you to do something different um and so i personally appreciate both art forms i've worked with many traditional sculptors in my career and i've worked with many uh you know digital sculptors and artists and traditional in both ways um
1: mm-hmm. no i think that's uh, a good the, answer um, to be
2: honest yeah
1: yeah because even myself too like um you know th- there's certain things even in the art world and other things I've heard even about content creation and stuff like well one one way is easier one's not you know what's right what's wrong and I think it's just whatever you know as an artist or someone creating it's whatever you liked it as long as you're not hurting anyone like Mm -hmm. it's just the way you want to get to your end result sure and that's that's it like I think you should totally respect another person for doing that um, spump so, asked a question. Hey guys, I have a question for you When did you guys realize that you can transfer this from being a personal hobby to create? Uh to something that you can create an online store for and selling online. Where did you find the community engagement?
2: um So we I mean I started uh mostly marketing on on our mechanical keyboards like early on and I Actually look back at like the history of that subreddit when it was more infant and uh some of my first posts and most popular ones when, is when the, uh, the, the, community was like hundred, 200,000 people. And, um, so it was, it was more, uh, like it was smaller. Um, your, you know, your post got more recognition quicker by, by people because it was just a smaller community. And it was, it was, a I think it was, it's, I think it was different people then now than it is today. Like it's a, I think the community has changed a lot too on that particular subreddit. But, so we started there posting, um, some of our early designs and that's what gave me the, like reinforce this idea that this thing can be successful just based on the positive feedback. Right. Yeah. And then two, um, you know, you know, there have been, there has been literally years of time where you know, like all of 2017 was like after every artisan, I was like, mm, maybe this is going to be my last one. Maybe this is the last one I do because I'm not confident in the design or are people going to like me going this direction with the types of designs that I yeah. think or that direction, yeah. right? So you kind of go back and forth um, with style. Um, and kind of to touch on that, a lot of artisans at the time were Um, they would do like one master sculpture and this goes back into like the advantages of clay versus digital, right? So a lot of uh, the clay sculptors would do one cast and then they would do different colorways, right? That was the thing that you do with an artisan, right? You do one sculpture and then you do different colors to match different things. So for me, I'm like, actually, we'll get into this later, maybe talk about it on our stream sometime. But when we started, we didn't do any hand painting. So... I just was doing just the digital and releasing our keycaps as either gray or black or like spray painted colors, like solid color stuff. Right. Um, And so train of thought. Um, So basically, man, I completely lost where I was going with that. (laughs) Uh, the question was, the
1: question was, um, creating an online store and selling online, like when did you guys find it moving from personal hobby to that?
2: Yeah. So I guess like this to wrap it up, it's like you just kind of keep getting that verification that you should keep going. And so,
3: buying demand.
2: Yeah. The supply and demand. Right. And there's been so many times where the demand was low for some of our designs. And then you feel maybe I should just quit. Right. But then I did, when I did the flux capacitor, it just like completely surprised me how many people ordered that keycap. And I was. I was literally busy for months making those, right? That's awesome. Three or four months, and so you're like, okay, I my mental image of myself of like success was completely skewed during the months before that because, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it, it could be you marketing it wrong. It could be like you just didn't hit the right tempo like, with like your videos. Right you so many factors, yeah. right? And then yeah so i guess the thing is is like you're gonna fail a lot and we still we still fail but you just have to keep going
1: yeah and i think that's a that's even a good conversation to have like i was just having this prior to even talking to you guys uh or even chasing reagan today i was talking to someone else about you know that whole it kind of ties into those themes of imposter syndrome where you Mm -hmm. might not think you're as successful or you might not think that what you're doing is as valuable as you perceive it to be, or other, maybe you think other people don't perceive it as valuable. Um, so your self worth starts to go a little bit lower. And I know this is something that I openly talk about all the time on stream as well. Um, whereas if you end up getting into those things, sometimes it's nice to take a step back and like maybe ask a friend or, um, really, really just start to think like, well, why am I doing this? Um, yeah, when it comes to a business might be a little different because obviously you put food on the table but when it comes to like you know the content side of things because there's still the content side of business Mm -hmm. um don't be afraid to try new things especially when it comes to content just do what you want you know yours is imposter syndrome what's that never heard of it before smile (laughs) yeah never heard of it dude uh yukiokis asked question was the visor a pain in the ass to r d i guess that was for the spaceman Uh
2: The visor. Uh yeah, I think we did six revisions of that visor to get it to because it's not only um not only does it open and close, it's actually let me just kind of um show it here. It's actually removable. Oh. Try to do this. Because we sell we did sell. So it you turn it at a certain angle so hard to
1: show. I know. Don't idea. be afraid. Yeah, there you go.
2: Oh, so I did not know that. Um, Are so these for sale the right now? That this design, the design was supposed to be modular. The whole idea of this is that there's a magnet that goes inside the bottom. And then the the visor opens. And then there's objects that we can put inside of it to oh. change out. So, like, we can put different things inside the spacesuit. So, right now, it's like a moon. Um, so like there's, there's all kinds of things. So that, that design there was one of the designs where we were talking about being true to yourself a little bit. I think we found the most success being true to like, I'm just going to say, or, you know, myself or like really, really listen to whatever I want to do. Like no matter how crazy the idea is, yeah. because when I started that keycap. On the original sh- i did that on a live stream on twitch um and it started out like just a spacesuit i didn't really think about opening it up maybe i was going to put a character in there um and then i i i so i streamed that that creation of that the, the basic idea and then off stream i spent like a week really like Frustrated in my head that I'm creating something that I don't really want to create because I don't want to create just a spacesuit And and then I thought to myself, what do I want to make? And I was like, okay I want to make something that moves. I want to make something that has RGB I want to make something that can be taken apart and played with and adjusted and customized These are the things that I really want to do to elevate that artist into something else, right?
1: Yeah, and so like
2: when i came back on the next stream everyone's like how's apollo when's it going to be released and i was like i don't know uh i'm going to release it when i finish it <laughs> is like the the thing and so then i really went back to the drawing board i remodeled the entire thing probably remodeled it like three or four times to get like the right shape language to get then it then it came down to okay how's it actually going to work can now because like you have to think about like the end user case of like can a customer get this thing and actually, can they take out the visor? Can they take yeah, out the ease moon of use. And, yeah. and change it, right? So that's been like a learning process through the through the whole thing. And luckily, like our customers who bought it, they've been like super patient with how slow we've been to deliver them. Um, but at the end of the day, we're, we are sticking to like, how like the vision of that product and what it's supposed to be, you know and it's not for everyone but it's just basically what I wanted to do I wanted to make another really complicated artisan that was as complicated as our flux capacitor several years ago
4: which is really cool and, and a to answer uh, your question earlier Reagan it is GMK Arch we are doing the collab with uh, I got their permission to announce that And then there's an upcoming cat set as well. we'll
2: Yeah.
3: uh, Are you guys have you um, in the past done group buys or is this more so a recent thing where you collaborate with GMK sets or just keycap sets in general?
4: Uh, I'd probably say it's been new-ish in like the three to four month range. I think the first one we did was uh re like kind of recolored, and we have a specific inside for the apollo keycap to go alongside gmk avangardia but then we also modeled our own uh like igloo transparent keycap to go along with gmk iceberg oh,
1: cool. uh and
4: then we did a uh aperture cube to go along with gmk hmm. and i think the aperture cube and the iceberg are both still live on uh group by and so they're still live on our site TV, that is really cute.
1: And there's actually another set that's coming out too that would be really cool with, um, that's like an ice theme too. That's really cute. Uh, and actually Ramlord just said the incognito clap, but the visor hides the butt. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be pretty fun. Well, that'd be like the incognito mode, like you're hiding it,
2: right? Like that'd actually be kind of funny.
1: That's actually a good idea,
2: Ramlord. I like it.
1: Yeah. How do you guys go about approaching the big brands for collabs? Is that something in the secret sauce?
2: That's the max sauce, I guess.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the brand and like how you can, like how you can navigate in your own network. I think that's what I've learned the most from my my, my time at uh, college and my time at some of the bigger studios is when you're navigating the big, like trying to get your foot in the door with. I don't know, Viacom or Warner Brothers or Disney Fox, like so much of your like inquiries get lost in the sauce per se, where you just really need to make sure you're connecting with the right people and you're making an attractive pitch to them. So it's like, they know what they're getting out of it. Uh, You're upfront that you're not a company that's going to disappear. I think that's something that like new companies would have trouble doing, but once you start establishing yourself, and I mean, I, I guess that's part of the reason we want to continue GMK collaboration, just to show that we want we want to work with everybody, and we're really willing to do it. And small brand or big brand, we don't really care as long as we stay true to the products we want to create.
1: Yeah, which makes sense, and I think that's a big thing too is establishment. Once you once you figure out that establishment too, um, and to answer your question, kind of spum, you know, from even my perspective. Uh, sometimes even as a designer, even in as like a content person, too, a lot of the times at the beginning, you might be the one reaching out, but once you start growing a little bit and showing that you're established, it might also be reciprocated back to you as well. Um, and that's because people want to work with you and kind of want to feed off that energy as well. Um, that's sometimes how it works, not all the time. But I sometimes met you, how it works. so
3: huh? That's how I met you, so. Yeah, I was. Reagan's,
1: I actually was looking at the invoice again. I was Reagan's 004. so fourth customer. We'll just say I was his first. We'll say the first three were test orders. I was mm-hmm. Reagan's first customer, guys. Imagine <laughs> that. <Nice. laughs> right, Reagan. The first were three were test, right?
3: Yes. Just agree. With You're that. definitely you. the first international.
1: <laughs> he was so scared, by the way, when when he shipped it to me. You remember that? You remember that whole ordeal, Reagan? You don't want yeah. to. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's a story.
1: It kind of, it kind of like took a little while, and we didn't know what was going on. And then I think we, he, would you end up checking the wrong box or something?
3: Well, I honestly <laughs> don't even want to say it. Um. So I, yeah, I'll just Quick story <laughs> was, I was buying Alex's shipping label. I'd never shipped an international package. I'd shipped like three packages in my life. And I was like, oh, there's five shipping options. I'll do the one that's like a dollar and 12 (laughs) cents. And it turns out I shipped his as like in like a letter or something on accident instead of like like a package. Right. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, this isn't suspicious at all that this international shipment cost a dollar and 10 cents or whatever. And it took like eight weeks. And uh, I feel like Alex is on the verge of like uh, starting a PayPal case with me. (laughs) Oh, man. No, that's I guess that's another question, too, because we were kind of
1: talking about this, uh, not in our Keebcast episode, but I was talking about this with um, Apiary. And I guess for businesses, maybe this is a good question for you, too, Regan. People obviously, when they're not happy or they feel like they're not getting something, um, even though it might be communicated, there's a delay um, or maybe if they're in the right, like they'll immediately go and open up PayPal cases or credit card claims. And I've even seen the case, too, where um the error will be on the customer you know where they maybe put the wrong address in and it's suddenly they're just straight going to the credit card and straight going to paypal claim um i guess how do you guys deal
3: with that and this is even for you too reagan i'll let them go first yeah Mm
4: -hmm. i guess we try and be as accommodating as we can to an extent like if somebody's stems break, we're working on like a, a repair section so they can sh- pay for shipping to ship it to us, repair it, and for five dollars, and then ship it back. Yeah, and, and it's like uh, oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, cost on of labor. Note, our yeah. stems are unbreakable now, but I'm just saying. <laughs> But to like, be fair,
4: this was from a very old keycap. Yeah, like from three,
2: that... three years ago. Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we still
2: get, we still repair keycaps from people who bought like the originals, unless they are the ones that the like the very first designs that we did. The stems were like part of the keycap itself as one whole piece. Okay. Um, but yeah, now they're they're separated. Most of the newer ones are separated. Cool. Um, but but yeah.
4: regarding like PayPal and stuff, I mean, we, we can only do so much. Um, at a certain point, it's just worth it. To offer them a refund and yeah, and, and be apologetic. I mean, we've never been hit with a case where everybody from an entire skew just like I want, we want our money back. Yeah, that that's just not we're not in the.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
4: Which is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, we hope so.
1: What about you, Reagan? How do you deal with it?
3: So I don't get any chargebacks on PayPal, like, for any reason other than, like, a person that is five and a half months into, like, a group buy, and they're like, hey, this is ridiculous. I would like my money back. And I was like, but you checked this box that says shipping takes over six months, and... (laughs) Yeah. You, you know this and then so that they charge back and then paypal will usually like let them win because i regardless that it's in a tos it's still uh yeah i haven't shipped a tangible item so like it, it is what it is yeah but yeah there's no like my item doesn't work and therefore i want to refund i usually just we'll talk to them that like you said there's an rma process where they just fill out a form mm-hmm. print a label real quick mm-hmm. and we fix it no problem but yeah, yeah no uh no, like, crazy issues or anything.
2: We actually don't yeah. take PayPal anymore because they um, they banned our account because um, I'll try to say this without giving away too many details, but basically PayPal didn't like that we had, like, group buys, essentially. Yeah, they, they're they very anti-group like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And they, they literally, like, they closed our account Luckily, our PayPal account had like 50 bucks in it or something small, but it could have had thousands. And when they close your account, um, if this ever happens to anybody, you are SOL. So personally, not a big fan of PayPal anymore, to be honest. And I tried to talk to the customer service and they were not helpful. And you kind of have this like, you're so helpless. Like you literally wake up and like an entire payment method that you have to your store is gone and so um yeah so i don't know just anyone thinking about doing business with paypal try to go That's around personal it. experience yeah. um yeah and so i've heard lots of others with e- other people even
1: even with me and chase i'd love to hear if this has happened to you like chase do you use paypal often for purchases? I do. you do right yeah sure. so i mean like i don't really do a whole lot of receiving income other than i mean i have the option for it to go directly to the bank. Um, but I just use PayPal because it's more convenient for me. But yep. there was one time I had just gotten, like, when I was starting with Twitch, and I I, I guess I never had received really any income or, like, you know, anything um, from Twitch. And immediately, and I remember talking to Reagan about this, it was, like, one of the first few months I started, I had to go through this whole, like, verification process on PayPal to even start touching my funds again. Yeah, Mind you, I didn't have much in it. It was a few hundred dollars, but
2: it could have been a lot though exactly like, yeah some people it happens to
1: yeah so it was definitely a scary it may, it definitely put me on edge i'm like well how do i check things now like how do i do things so it's definitely a scary from a customer's perspective and from a especially from a business perspective when you have tons of money in there too yeah. um
0: right. but i've heard i've had a couple of friends who have had like horror stories messing with paypal like friend sold a camera and then his paypal account got uh, somebody had gotten into his PayPal account and made some like suspicious transactions on it or something like that, yeah. and it's, and PayPal just suspended his account. And there was like twelve hundred dollars in his account. That then they were like, "Well, you can have access to your months, account right? again in six months." It's yeah. like, wait, so I just can't touch that money for six months, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. And they're like, "Yeah, once the six months is up, you can have access to your account again." Yeah. It's like uh, I had, had a the money hostage. <laughs>
3: yeah, like PayPal was super upsetting because they were like, hey, like, I think when we started shifting more so to group buys from these like custom orders that were same day shipping where you would like yeah. cash flow and it's money and right. money out. It became more so money held. And then it started, you know, just accumulating more because you don't have to flow it. And so this raised an automatic red flag with PayPal. And they reached out to me this year to the point where it was it wasn't just a customer service rep. It was like an account manager. And I had to like schedule this interview and then we had to sit down and talk for like an hour and i had to explain the entire business model down to like components we buy and where we get them from and how long we've been established and like so many like interview questions and then they're like okay well we're gonna put a hold on your account we're seizing 10 of your income um rolling over for 180 days because you your method of sales is fulfillment around 180 days and uh yeah because they initially had locked my account and they're like they'd pulled 10 random orders from my customers on PayPal and they were like uh provide shipping right. information right this is exactly now is, for this these is orders. telling
2: my story this is provide, happening to me. Yeah.
3: provide shipping info for these orders to unlock your account and i was like so these guys ordered yesterday and uh they're not getting their products until 2021 so like how do we how do we fix this and their solution was holding funds and i was like but our mart you're cutting into our margin like you're not taking away from anything else other than our margin right here which it's just it's so damaging and that was pretty scary they cool. recently removed it the the lift
1: the one thing i will say noting on this for anyone who's new to making not even artisans because artisans are smaller and you can start off smaller and you can slowly like reagan said have a flow of income in the keyboard world for anyone making goddamn why is reagan above my zoom in cam I like it. Get Get out of here. (laughs) Anyways, for anyone who is starting to make keyboards, for the love of God, don't just make a PayPal and then expect seven majillion dollars to come into your account and nothing to happen. I've seen it happen so many times in keyboard group buys where someone will make a keyboard, then be like shocked that PayPal closes their account and it's like, well, that thirty thousand dollars that you just acquired in twenty-four hours. It's yeah, guys of, it's a kind of slow, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, awesome. and then like you have thirty thousand dollars locked in there like come on guys <laughs> it's, yeah it's been happening enough that i don't
0: think this should be a common problem but it still is so what are the recommended alternatives then from you guys i mean I mean, we
2: use stripe so and apple pay i guess on it's built in through um through Squarespace. um so based on stripe know. also right yeah
0: I mean, a lot of them offer. hasn't affected
2: yeah. our sales. So
1: yeah, a lot of them offer things too. Like a lot of these Shopify accounts, like any of these accounts offer something, and I and I can say this from from experience now, from my job, is if you're new to doing it and you expect like, you know, you have that expectation of a lot of money moving in and out, is get in contact with the brand that you're you're working with, Shopify, PayPal, etc., and talk to them first. They're going to know the best solution for you. Like they're gonna give you the best heads up. Don't just do this and now suddenly you have not only yourself fucked over, but you're you're screwing over people who invested, you know, five, six hundred dollars into a keyboard. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's uh, where the shitty stuff comes. And then you're starting to fuck with people's money.
3: I've had the same conversation with multiple vendors where it's their first group buy and they message me and they're like, What do I do? I just took in all this money and my account's locked. Yeah. And uh I was like, Well, do you have money to pay for the group buy items or do you need to use your mm. PayPal yeah. funds, and they're like, "Well, I can, but what if people charge back?" And I was like, "And people aren't gonna charge back." And that, that, yeah. that percentage like, is so small, I would less have than one percent, probably. It's like 0001 percent of sales, or something, or point zero one. Um, is the ratio, but yeah, that's that's always scary. But PayPal's definitely protecting themselves because if you, I mean, you have to play it on, on PayPal's side that if you did collect thirty thousand dollars in two days for a group buy. Just withdraw it, and then you have hundred fifty customers refund, and now PayPal's a negative balance, and, and you're nowhere to be found. So, I, I get it.
1: Yeah,
0: just, yeah.
3: There's no good way to do that.
1: Yeah, it's always a tough thing.
3: But with that being said,
1: someone asked us. Uh, I think it was Truman asked us, "What do we all have for keyboards on our desk right now?" Oh yeah.
4: Max, well, would you I, like to you already, go
1: first? You know this question.
4: Shh. Sure. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I have two. I have two keyboards on my desk, so I'll just do the one I don't have to unplug. Uh, this was the first like true dive into the, the hobby that I got. Uh Mike from Peace sent this over that. Oh cool. Purple entry with uh focus. You know what it's that, trying it's
1: trying to do that background blur via the effect happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: It, well, okay. I, I have uh our Death Scout and our companion. Cube on cool. it yeah. With some silks inside.
2: It looks I'm probably gonna get some real hate, but it's a dell no i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs>
1: no yeah. one would judge you only like a few people in chat yeah
2: <laughs> um so this is my board Ooh, okay. i don't know if you guys recognize it
1: Ooh. actually
2: no i don't so this is a The um... caliber
4: might be throwing people off
1: oh is that the, is that, i thought that was an accent piece
2: Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's just my caliper. I always have those on hand. Okay. <laughs>
0: so,
2: is
1: that a, is that a U80? Kinda it's looks... a normal force. Oh, it's a normal. Oh.
2: Oh. With a metal. Very... This is our metal metal edition bastions. Topra. Topra.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Or topra right? Uh, yeah. Like Topre, someone who corrected us. Someone corrected us in probably. like a couple streams ago. I think it was. Yeah. Cho-o. Probably gonna get corrected again. <laughs> yeah, I mean like they. I've always said Topra, and then Chozo roasted us and said it was. Topre? I don't know,
1: man. Honestly, like I just pronounce words the way I think they're pronounced. and I told <laughs> I, I, People ask, always ask me, can you speak any other language but English? And I said, I can barely speak English. What, do you expect me to
3: speak two languages now?
1: <laughs> what about you, Reckon What are you using? Let's guess. Is it, is it a stellar?
3: Let's take a poll. Let's
1: take a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Predictions. Don't actually do a prediction, Chozo, because it's blatantly obvious what he's using. <laughs> It's a stellar. So, what about you, Chase? What are you using right
0: now? A uh, Tofu 65 with Susu Atari and uh, Ooh. creamsicle switch. Actually, in. I want to use Susu Atari again. I have it, but it's just sitting in a box. MC3 profile is fun.
1: It is. It's really, it, like hugs your fingers. It's so nice. Uh-huh. I am using. Oh, well, it's all darkened because of this well, let me switch back to let me just switch back to this one chest chatting I'm using this one the one I built today and it has a lovely oh girl who's really enjoying her food as you guys can see she's just really yeah. hungry and enjoying mm-hmm. her food That's, is awesome.
4: that R1 Mizu?
1: Um, yes this is R1 Mizu
4: do you have the novelties?
1: no I'll, I'll be honest I'm not really a huge novelties person um Never have been. Uh, I I like artisans. Like I have a crap ton of artisans, but a novelties like the a novelty collection. I'm not really. I've never really purchased a novelty collection. I think maybe for one key set ever, and I never ended up using it. I have it for Nautilus round one Nautilus, but again, I don't I don't use it. Just Gosh. it's just sitting in a box. Novelties are artisans. Stay woke. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> a good. Note I appreciate it. MT3 gets my fingies stuck. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you guys have um? Have you guys tried MT3s? MT3 profile?
4: I have not. I have the OSAs. I think
1: that was that? MT3 is a very interesting profile. It's uh, it's very comfortable to type on. I I really like it. Sound wise, not the best in the world, but it's really nice. I like it a lot.
3: I haven't tried it.
1: You should definitely try it, Reagan. I urge everyone to try MT3. I've really, tried a really ton of
3: profiles. I like it better than SA. But
1: SA sounds very better. Much. What the heck? Screw you, Reagan. Alex made me buy MT3s and I loved it. There you go. I'm going to use that as my slogan now when I pitch. I'm going to just take a screenshot of Omar's name and just. Omar said this. Um, Robert. You... Oh, go on. Sorry, uh, Chase.
0: Robert, oh. I want to ask you earlier. You said So you yeah. said you started out working in animation, correct? Mm-hmm. Any notable projects that you are allowed to say you worked on or anything like that that uh, we would okay. know of? Yeah.
2: Sure. Well, I'm just going to humble, just put this out there. This is a total humble brag, so okay, I'll okay. pause the music Whatever.
1: too. <laughs> uh, there's
2: a little movie called Avatar.
1: Oh. James
2: I might have worked on that one. Oh, wow. Um, the first, the very first movie visual effects that I did uh, on was um, Starship Troopers 2. Okay. A really <laughs> shitty directed DVD sequel. Uh, actually, I, has to, I have a piece of swag from the second movie. I worked on one of my old crew shirts. Um, so I worked on this movie, which is probably my favorite.
1: Oh, no yeah. way. That's yeah. awesome.
2: And so this is a crew shirt from a, was a studio called Tippett Studio. They're in uh, Berkeley, California.
1: That's cool. Uh,
2: so that was my first job uh, 3D modeling. So I have credit in Hellboy, um, Avatar, and a lot of movies. Um, but yeah. Good times, 2004, 2005. So that was the old crew shirt. Got to turn it into a mask, right? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely doesn't fit no more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we're all all feeling that. Go on, sorry, Max.
4: I was going to say, speaking of credits, I I just feel like obliged to say this because they recently got shut down, but while people still remember it, uh, I used to work for Blue Sky Studios. People behind uh, Ice Age and oh. robots and peanuts and they all that shut down yeah so when thought when uh disney acquired fox they were kind of keeping it open they had a few projects in the pipeline but it out of the blue my linkedin feed uh, feed exploded with all like my blue sky connections just because like nobody saw it coming i'm like sitting here drinking out of my blue sky mug um oh. but yeah i mean just for like working in that entertainment space it's very uh I don't know. It, it's it's like addicting to work with those kinds of people but it, it's sad to see like a studio t- kind of turn back that fast
1: wow that's that's crazy considering i you know I, I always thought ice age and like the rest of those movies did like really well
4: i mean yeah i mean i i got i was lucky enough to work on ice age five and at that point i thought they had stopped nice so i did yeah, it was, was clearly successful yeah,
1: yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> damn disney killed the saber-toothed squirrel <laughs> <laughs> yours is a very sad day when it was announced a few weeks ago oh so this was actually recently
4: oh wow yeah
1: yeah i mean that's a thing too it's very it's very tough to like like how do you know? Like how does anyone know what's gonna happen? Because it's it's so above, like it's all it's all these like con- like things up top, high level things that sometimes you don't even see things like this coming. Uh, Robert is responsible for the frame with nipples and avatar. Thanks, Robert. Says note Makota Makoti.
2: <laughs> I've watched <laughs> all these movies. The Sorry. At least I didn't work on the Watchmen.
1: It's Watchmen again. That's um.
4: It was a remember. Warner Brothers film.
1: Was that the one with the guy who with the ink? Was, am I thinking of the right one?
2: the blue guy and uh, with some blue body parts. Yeah, Just I remember that. One. Yeah, okay, yeah. now I know what you're talking about. That's
1: <laughs> that's the Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. That's the Watchmen.
4: I remember, they had a decent spin off on HBO.
1: I don't even remember that. I remember. So I actually went to go see the Watchmen live in theater. Rorschach. Yeah, that's the. Whatever how you pronounce his name. I remember I was younger when I was going to watch that movie. And I had never once. Like, I'd been to R rated movies before because I think that was R rated. And this is totally not about keywords, sorry guys. I'm just talking about my life. <laughs> um I remember Rorschach, Thanks, Chozo, I appreciate you, buddy. And um I remember going to see that movie, I took a girl with me at the time, and I was like cool, and I was like nineteen, I think, and I think or eighteen or maybe I was seventeen or eighteen years old, and I think you had to be nineteen to get into the movie. And um I went there and we buy the ticket mm-hmm. and at the gate to like <laughs> to like you got some ID. I was like I've never been ID'd for a movie before What's in this movie (laughs) So I didn't have ID I had ID but I obviously wasn't of age to go watch the movie So I had to go in shame Bring this girl who I took on a date To go refund her tickets and go watch something else But uh Yeah I think I watched it Afterwards when I got a little older Because I just forgot about the movie Didn't give a shit about it Brought back bad memories but uh, <laughs> imagine being a movie bouncer and like turning away 18 year olds <laughs> something like that yeah, it was really I don't know it was really embarrassing I hate I hated that day it was such a weird day man
3: uh, uh i'm wait, going to theaters too going back to something
4: I saw in chat somebody was excited about the starship troopers and kind of tying back into like navigating with larger companies um uh, starship troopers is a sony owned property that when I was at sony like be conscious of trying to sell to get people interested, in, like a a video game for like a VR experience, or not especially tapping into those like, evergreen properties. Um, so, like, just seeing those comments that you guys are excited means that, like, maybe next week I'll kind of put the motion into play, reconnect with my old colleagues, and who knows, we could do a Starship Troopers official keycap. Because at the yeah. end of the day, that costs the studio of
2: nothing. Yeah, yeah. which it is really cool. Kind of yeah. too, so it'd be cool. Yeah,
1: which is really cool because I know that's a it's a cult classic, Starship Troopers. Uh, Yukio yeah. Keys says, "Do you all have any crazy artisan collections like other creators?" That's an inter- um, that is an interesting question.
4: I have one non-clacky artist. but hmm. I, I don't have a crazy collection. I, I wouldn't. Yeah,
2: I just have mine. I mean, I have two. I have one from Tiny.
4: Show, show the briefcase.
2: I mean, that's... It's, like, not even full, though. But, yeah, I mean... who That's the closest piece.
4: we can get to crazy.
2: <laughs> like, what I have on display.
4: But it's... Oh, cool. cool. Hmm.
1: Yeah, if, even me, like, I don't... I don't necessarily have one... You know, I guess what's it called? Artists' collection, like through and through. So I kind of, if, if if design appeals to me, I'm gonna pick up a design, you know. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm probably gonna. That's what I usually do. That ass artisan, yeah, the debut artisan. <laughs> but I don't I mean, know, like I don't, I don't have a crazy collection of like one person's artisans as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times too, like you know, we were talking about this earlier, and I know some of you guys can chat, can relate. You have to win raffles for a lot of people's artisans, and I don't, I don't yeah. know about you guys. But I don't got that type of luck, so it's hard to, it's hard to collect. And then aftermarket, which is a whole other beast for getting <laughs> artisans sometimes. Eh, you know, it's it's a little, it's a little I,
4: tough. I just don't like getting aftermarket artisans, especially if it's a smaller artisan. Maybe. So at the end of the day that are not profit.
1: Yeah, I mean like mm-hmm. we, we still a lot like one one artisan collection uh, I know some people collect the um the alpha keys, the owl there, I forget the actual sculpt name. Um my goodness, those go for a lot on the aftermarket. Those are like I see some some of the colorways go for like two fifty to three hundred US dollars.
0: Is that the Kipora? The
1: Kipora, that's what it's called, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: You know, I, I mean I I tried getting those art key universe avatar ones wow the really incredible and me and a bunch of friends signed up and uh, got even close
0: yeah the series the series is art key. key yeah art key aren't most our key stuff pretty hard to get your hands on well it's
1: because yes a lot of the times too it is it is that like lower quantity and obviously it, you know mm-hmm. like i don't i, I don't want to speak for art or anywhere else in the community but it's not usually that they want to only make 20 and then profit you know $80 a yeah. feature or whatever it is it's not usually that's like that's the, the amount they can make um mm-hmm. but like even hey y'all said they have like 2,500 entries um even with the new which is a keyboard that we did here on stream which is something that i really like this ran you know in a lower quantity of i think it was 50 or something like that and a lot of the times too artists and keyboard designers will make lower quantities to ensure quality Um, because you guys, and I know everyone in chat has seen it, where sometimes we have a lot of people who uh, will go overboard and maybe accept 800, and then delays happen, and errors happen, and suddenly fulfillment becomes an issue, and people start to get anxious about it. So while I know it sucks that sometimes things are in lower quantities, it's a lot of times to ensure quality, but Mm -hmm. again, like this keyboard had like 900 entries, you know, for 50 units. So that means 850 people are gonna just dis- get disappointed. And when you're talking about artisans, you know, like 2,500 entries for like art key stuff. And I know there's probably way more for like those serious drops that happen like once every two weeks or whatever it is.
2: Yeah.
4: So. I'll never, I'll never forget the reaction like a lot of the community had when it was Novel Keys was doing the the MK stuff, and they were getting a ton of flack for people who wanted entry level edition yeah like i'm sorry like i need like there's more coming this is going to be an in-stock product but like i can only sell so many at a time yeah and so i definitely i i people people just need to come to the table a little bit more understanding than like why can't i buy this right now?
1: well and, and i feel like that's and this is something that i've been talking a lot about too Uh, I was even on Clubhouse recently, and we we were talking to some people, I guess, trying to introduce, like, that hype beast mentality into things, and I think it's not really the job, per se, of anyone else, really, at this point here, but, like, faces of a community. Um, Obviously, I want everyone to instill that, you know, mentality of patience and more things will come, but I think there is that whole idea of, like, I'm buying this. To flex sometimes, or like I want this, and this is like the best thing ever. Um, and patience, like there's more to come. Like there's always gonna be something else, especially in the keyboard world. We just saw that with the Iron One Sixty Five. A whole bunch of people got upset because they didn't win that one there. uh I know there was some about that. Yeah, like there was a lot of people who, you know, didn't get that uh, keyboard. No, as well, I forgot to enter. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I woke up late that day, anyways. I didn't want to enter, but I woke up too late, anyways. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like want, want, want. And I think people get mad when they can't have, you know, and it's okay to not have something like I, I always said too. And I don't know if you guys collected, uh, Pokemon cards or like, uh, at the height of trading cards, even hockey cards, was like a big thing at one point too. Um, growing up, you know, when, when I, when I had Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards, it wasn't so much about having like the whole collection or, you know, a certain card. It was just kind of like we showed each other our cards, and it was cool to see like my friend have something completely different than I
3: did. Flex, yeah,
1: yeah. And it was it wasn't even so much about the flex. It was just kind of cool to see like how different everyone's collection was. Not just about having everything.
2: Yeah, you know, because people who had everything just had all the money, right? Yeah. So that's. Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't anything. Sp- it, like it wasn't. It was like cool. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, it also kind of gives that you know that whole type of like well it's everything they're not missing anything like there's no excitement left to be had
2: you know this brings up a really weird issue i think you know as artisan and makers it's we're constantly figuring out what supply and demand is um with every design and every color yeah and you know i think what's interesting is that you know if you have 2500 entries on an artisan right like um because they do those the raffle system right Um, Do they publicize how many they actually give out or sell out? Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes So I I personally don't know like a normal number of that, but um, let's just say it's like 40 or 30 or 20, right? Somewhere in that range. Um, I think what's interesting is that coming from the other side of the business, it's much more like you keep your sanity knowing that you're going to sell like all 30 of anything yeah yeah because if i you know i could buy my tongue and, and regret saying this later but if they did say hey we have 2500 of these guys come on come get it it's right there there's a checkout by now they probably wouldn't hit those numbers they might hit it the first time mm. but the next time and then after that and after that it's gonna go down Right, okay. and then you're going to find your 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 like your normal average. You're going to figure out what that number is that that magic number of like what they can do. So like if they're hitting those like the demand like the the entries are that large, but they don't at least they can go home and get sleep at night knowing that hey whatever they're doing to make keycaps and artisans and art and and staying successful in their own like lifestyle as long as they're happy with those numbers that they're hitting, it's like a, it's so, is a perfect, um, business model because the worst part about having a business is not knowing if you're going to sell something and not knowing if you're going to be able to keep them wanting it. Yeah. Keep them wanting it over and over and over again. So, um, and so if you oversaturate your particular design or your style too quickly before your, your customer base expands, um, um, it's a dangerous place to be in and it's maybe financially they're okay. They don't, they don't care if they make a lot of money, who knows? Right. Uh, And this can go for like anyone in business, but, um, but it's really nice to know that, Hey, I can sell this many and I can still like have my weekend and have this or that and be comfortable. So, you know, when you think, if anyone's in here thinking about doing a business of anything, don't, you know, don't try to be like the Bill Gates of that business and that idea, just find out like, what's going to get you to make enough to make you happy and enjoy all elements of your life, not just being like someone who's super successful and you know, an Elon Musk of that industry. Yeah. And don't what you're,
1: to what you're saying too is, is, is very important as well, because like you don't necessarily need to be sounding like tw- if, if you're comfortable and you only want to do 50 or 60, you know, Then just do 50 percent Like no one, you don't owe it to anyone as a designer, as a business owner. You don't owe it to anyone to make more. Um, And Gambit, you were saying that I know it's not the reason they're limited, but being limited does drive up demand. And I think that whole hustle culture that comes in with the, well, I'm buying this and immediately I'm going to be selling this like within two seconds of receiving this product. That's a mentality that's been... Um, very... Yeah, I see the cattail as well. Um, Sorry. It's okay. It, that mentality of, like, being hustle-driven has really skyrocketed with social media. And you see... And again, I'm talking YouTube videos. You see a lot of these videos. You see a lot of this, like, podcast talk of, like, hustle, hustle, drive yourself to hustle. You know, like, as much as I like what Gary V has to say, Gary V also advocates... You know, not necessarily flipping, but he'll he'll advocate going out and buying old stuff and flipping it. You know, it's not the exact same because that's like an antique. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the intent, like what a lot of people in this hobby see is like the intent of flipping immediately, like the actual flip. But Um, his
3: statement is like industry to industry basis or like case to case. So like,
1: but a lot of people can misinterpret that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of people are very. Reagan will murder. I, hey, you know what? Me and Reagan used to listen to Gary Vee podcasts like literally every day together. Um, a lot of people can misinterpret that and a lot of people see this like hustle culture even with the, the GPU thing and I always bring this up every single week. The GPUs, like people see that as like a window of opportunity. Like they're providing, and I guess like a lot of people will tell them that like they're providing this service to people that doesn't exist. Like they're either they're putting it in the right people's hands, um, but they're not. They're just making money off something that they really didn't do anything to do. Like there's no effort or anything in there. Um, And I just think it's a dangerous game of what we as content creators do to educate our audiences. And you know, you as people as well can do to educate your friends as well when it comes to that. Like it's, there's not a lot you can get about when you're flipping, like there's no, you're not really contributing much to society if you're just if your whole life is like flipping products.
4: You're really not. So I I know I like just brought this up when during like our pre-chat, no, but I think it? A when you mentioned Clubhouse, I immediately got on Clubhouse and followed you and Chase uh Reagan. If you need an invite, I got plenty unless you're already on there and see you. Um, really. but okay. <laughs> sorry um but like like yeah the the hustle but one thing I've been hearing a lot in the space of like ways to contribute but also still do the reselling is through like this expansion of nfts online and that's something I really want to explore of like if we can tie our artisan to a digital art piece and and you own the artisan you own the art piece or maybe you own the art piece and you the, the art piece is valued more than the artisan like it, that space is exploding right now. And to be honest, I don't really know much about it and Neither I'm do I. trying to I
1: learn more yeah. about it. I definitely need to but, explore that too.
4: But I think it's really interesting of all these different like plays of kind of combining a physical with a digital or is this a space keyboard enthusiast are intrigued in if it follows the same quote height piece that we don't really want to we don't want to acknowledge, but still is kind of there lingering in the background.
1: Well, the, the thing too, like, and you Clubhouse is exactly where I've been seeing a lot of this stuff too. Um, because as you guys know, keyboard flipping is definitely and key, reselling keyboards with you know, with the intent obviously of flipping is a big thing. with artisans is to a bigger degree, like, you're seeing a more of a percentage. Um, when an artisan costs maybe fifty dollars, you can see a resale of like two fifty. You know, sometimes upwards of five hundred dollars for artisans. With keyboards, like the most you'll see is, you'll see the big ones like TGR Key Cult, etc. Um, but typically, it's not that high of a percentage. Still, is a big percentage, but it's not as high as something like the Artisan World. And I've had conversations with people on Clubhouse who will try to basically state that they you know like why don't we create like a stock x app why don't we do this thing is like that stuff doesn't really help at all if anything it just more streamlines the idea of uh flipping and the idea of reselling and value for these things and kind of creates these cool things that we've been doing as a hobby almost kind of like a currency right and Mm. i I don't know like I, i personally feel like it's just so gross to be in that sphere of things and it again, it creates this this level of clout that feels weird. It feels gross to have to have something like an item attached to self worth and in value uh, of how we perceive others. So it's a, it's a very large conversation. Um, but yeah, Clubhouse is definitely I don't know. It's been turning me off for that reason. Like I haven't been on it as much because every time I hop into a Clubhouse chat someone will come in pitching some business idea and it feels very entrepreneur and I get it. But my goodness, has it been like hard to listen to sometimes. Sometimes we're, we're all yeah. having like a really fun conversation of something to do with keyboards or Twitch streaming or something to do, you know, outside of that. And then you've suddenly got three business people taking over the chat. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely a weird space.
2: I've yet to do a clubhouse. I have the app. I haven't listened on to anything yet, so I'm...
1: Um... Yeah, it's... it's Dude,
2: I was
3: scared. To, like, I opened the app, but without doing any research, and I just see all these chat rooms, and I was so scared that I'd, like, click one, and then all of a sudden, like, be on, like, webcam or, like, into so a know voice. Could, chat. You're like... in
2: the room talking to people. I know or, it's like, only audio there, now, right? but, like, yeah. my
3: initial thought was, like... Right. I think it was, like, Teha. Uh, like, I saw him on my... Whatever, my page, whatever it's called in Clubhouse. And uh, I was like, if I join this, is it just gonna be like, hey, can you leave? Uh, or can you like mute your mic or something? I'd be like, oh shit. I was kind <laughs> of scared of Clubhouse at first.
1: Yeah, Clubhouse is, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. I haven't been using it the last like week. I've been kind of, eh, lately. But one question, Chase, would you like to ask the question we always ask?
0: I would, yes. Go ahead. Just- So every time that we have people on, we always ask them what within the keyboard scene, within the mechanical keyboard scene, within also, I guess, the artisan scene, what do you guys like about the scene in the community right now? And then Mm -hmm. on the opposite end, what do you guys dislike or what's something that kind of worries you guys moving forward about, you know, maybe just like behavior or like maybe even like the way things are structured or anything like that?
2: so i think um i guess i'll go first since i kind of mumbled into here um i think the thing that i'm most concerned about and this actually doesn't really have too much to do with artisans because um like you know we're in a we're like in a niche within a niche within a niche right so like when there's a new artisan maker that comes out and they make something cool like i don't ever get worried about new competition or you know devaluing our stuff or what anything like that um so i'm I'm always happy to see people like going down that pathway um but the next tier up uh like making key sets and keyboards mm-hmm. um it's a little scary of a space from from my perspective of someone who's actually very like um like i'm not really in tune with like the geek hack and max is like my go-to person for like anything keyboard i'm like not really a keyboard person Mm -hmm. i'm a keycap artist and maker and that's what i do and i try to do it well so like um so like seeing seeing the space a little bit removed um it's a little concerning how there's so many different people making products Mm -hmm. and everyone's really buying buying like a lot of different products and designs that are very similar to each other and they're all made by different people and so it's um i think that's just going to do something over time that's really strange to the space like you don't really see like 600 different people making a type of uh mouse right or like other accessories like over time, it kind of like bubbles down to like a spread of a certain, of certain makers making. I see what you products, mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's only so many factories in China there's or wherever, like things are being made, right? A lot of t-shirts and clothings all kind of come from the same place. There's different sources, but you know, you follow those pathways down. So like, you know, GMK, they're booked out like a year, right? So you want to design a key set. It doesn't. Doesn't matter if your set's better or worse than all the other group eyes going on, but like whatever set you want to do is not going to get done until a year later. And it's like, it's kind of fascinating, but it's a little crazy to me too, that, um, there's so many different people making content and products for this space of mechanical keyboard enthusiasts, but there's like not really, um, it's kind of like a wild wild west situation i guess like there's a definite like gap between like professional makers of like say i think gmmk or like glorious are like the first kind of crossover company that yeah, kind of to like
1: the more mainstream stuff yeah mainstream yeah
2: but like they're not like corsair right they're not yeah. they're not logitech but they're mm-hmm. also not like um you know Canon keys or, you know, whatever. Right. So like they're in this, they're in like that weird space between the two. So
0: they are not like a huge player in the consumer tech space, but they're larger than most of the vendors we have within the industry.
2: Exactly, Yeah. And so I guess I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm just kind of, it's, it's a really interesting thing, how these are playing out, um, and how I'm really want to, I'm really curious to see, like, I haven't really looked into like how other markets that were emerging like years ago probably started off in a similar space of like everyone's doing them but eventually only a few people do them and who's going to really survive yeah. this
1: I think a good, what I always tell people too because I came from the audio hobby before I actually got into keyboards mm-hmm. and audio as you guys know has been around forever first of all right. but it's gotten to the point now where if you want to think something in audio like you can go out And you can pick up boutique stuff. You know, there's tons of really cool, like, this is a resin-based headphone. (laughs) And it's very boutique. It's not something you're going to see on the shelf. You have to go special order it. But they still make these. They still, you know, make their dime. Within the audio hobby, there's tons of boutique stuff. There's tons of really high-end stuff. There's tons of, like, you know, I guess enthusiast-level things. But there's Mm -hmm. also a huge space for people like who just want a $300 pair of headphones, you know, and that's considered high end for a lot of people. Right. Um, And within that space of people, what I've always come to learn too, and even with, with what I do for a job now is those people that buy the cheaper stuff. And that's why I think a lot of companies you're seeing like the icky 60 Aurora, all these like nice entry level boards. There was probably never an intention for them to spend $500 on a keyboard. So that, market that they're capturing i honestly think is going to end up benefiting um and and that's the cool thing like you said you want to see how it plays out type thing it's going to end up benefiting a lot of the vendors and people who are creating now because it might open up a gateway for people to now be able to afford or get the accessibility to buy a keyboard and then suddenly that opens a bunch of gates for them yeah or in our case i guess you know the wormhole that is keyboards and um I can even say that with the artisan community too. Like, if you, we're seeing that now too, where, you know, someone might buy like a GMK Pro or a smaller entry level board and suddenly they want to put an artisan on it. Well, now they're going to go look because, again, those are those types of consumers that might not know or understand the group by period. They're going to look at readily available stuff, which is like Etsy. Uh, Drop has some, you know, readily available stuff and they're going to want to put something cute on the corner. But again, that's like a gateway thing. Mm hmm. Like it opens up so many doors. But if I've seen anything in the audio hobby is it, it actually opens up more doors when bigger players start to uh, enter the scene, which is super interesting. And it's very it's very weird to, to see it play out as well.
2: So it's almost like we're like doing this in reverse, right? Because a lot of times, like if you go back into like the 90s and early 2000s, only big box name companies existed making keyboards making things right and the artisanal and the the customization factor really didn't exist in a way that uh had like large communities and able to like do these types of group buys and and projects and so mechanical keyboards the market started out that way right like yeah we had keyboards yeah i mean i have an old ibm like buckling spring right like those those keyboards are not new but like <laughs> but it's really interesting i guess how the 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 community of mechanical keyboards actually started out through uh the customization and yep. uh custom built avenue and then all those players and in, and in, in, it created new markets for those to become like miniature mainstream if you will right Yep. um yeah. It's, it's exactly so it's-
1: that like even what rusty panda just said basically what you see now is people getting in the door wouldn't be surprised if NK sixty five is a lost lead for nk uh to get people who wouldn't buy custom or spend money in a gmk set um you know it's like a classic hot rod says uh double day same path people wanted a certain version of a car and modded and created it uh there's a lot of like it's very interesting it's in in a way yeah like with audio like i think mainstream audio ends up adopting some of the boutique stuff now boutique audio at this point here like it's not it's all a lot of snake oil shit to be honest like uh, it's fancy cables and stuff that really doesn't do much to the right. average listener sorry reagan some fancy cables just fancy cables <laughs> um, just fancy cable. but at least you don't reagan you're not saying your keyboards make you or your audio your cables make keyboards work faster in in the sphere, reagan i think i've told you this there there's like cables that people will say like this is going to give
3: you more bass and smooths out the
1: mids like,
3: it doesn't doesn't really do that so problem. what i've learned in the audio world and i'm not talking about like the headphone audio world i'm talking at like cables yeah uh there's like power cords that are like this long for subwoofers that are like twelve hundred dollars uh, Um just because of like special braiding and and like things that reduce like i don't know things with power and sound stuff or like they have like a coax cable with rca weird shit like super 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 high-end stuff for kind of sounds like what you're talking about but i don't know much about it
1: yoni also says i'm sorry max reminds me of a certain celebrity that i can't put my finger on that's a good
4: thing i guess let me know. Hope so. There was an earlier question I saw that I wanted to answer. Sure. I me... okay. uh, thought I bookmarked it. it. Robert, you know the one I'm talking about? I, I messaged Robert about it. I was so excited to yeah. answer this phrase.
2: From Hey uh, uh,
4: Oh, yeah. From Hey All. What about appropriation that hasn't been approved? Like, Among Us Caps, not approved, not done. There are gray areas, though. Sleepies, Kirby's,
2: dot, dot, dot. So, um, Robert. Okay, well, let me let me just touch on this subject just a little bit because everybody wonders, like, hey, how can you do something? You know, the word fan art. Fan art isn't even, that's not even, like, a... There's nothing legal about doing yeah. fan art. Let's <laughs> put that out there. Like, there's nothing legal about it. There's, but there's a few keywords that we like to operate by and that word is uh well there's one word that i like to operate by it's called transformative and what transformative art is elevating something that exists to into like a new medium and a new shape or a new design or a new product or idea and this is where like then it gets really dirty like first amendment freedom of speech And it just gets really cloudy and and it's very gray, but basically the way that we function is that as long as we can with most things, um, we try to make that existing idea unique to ourselves. And that's, that's probably like the simplest way I can convey, um, that community and you know you go to comic-con or any con and there's a million people selling stickers where they redraw frozen characters Mm -hmm. uh, whatever right and so it's not something that um is it's something that people are constantly fighting for on both sides of this is my idea but yeah i changed it and elevated it and that's a battle between you know a and b so with that said max you want to drop one of the 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 newest so this is a an unreleased just a little bit of info Ooh. um but um,
4: i i was just excited because the guy said it out right but we are uh, we've reached out to the inner sloth team and we're officially partnering with them to do uh among us keycaps along with tiny to help us accessorize these keycaps Oh, I love Ooh. that
1: one. That's so going to be it. really cool considering how big the game is still. Yeah. Yeah, that no, is somewhere. really cool.
2: Yeah. Congratulations. So, so and here's the thing that gets hard, right? If I didn't spend four years of my life practicing making fan art, whatever you want to call it, then fast forward to now, nobody's going to talk to me. Nobody is going to trust me. No one's gonna believe in my design skills or ability to uh, create or produce, mass produce, however you want to phrase it. So, oh, oh. what happened?
1: We lost. Uh, we lost Max.
2: Oh, we lost Max. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, he's coming back.
2: Been... Okay. Anyway, Wait, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> it's okay. Twist. We're all
1: different people now. I think when Max turns on his camera, it'll fix off. Yeah. There you
2: go. Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah. So. Basically, you know, it's this, uh, I don't know, chicken and the egg, whatever system where if we didn't do that, then we wouldn't have got to where we are now to kind of do something legitimate, you know? Yeah. So. Um,
1: that's awesome, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. So now
2: we have the value, we have the company, yeah. we have the infrastructure, we have the process, we have the team to actually make something official the right way that's really cool and we actually saw um i know we saw
1: chase you're gonna have to help me out was it dwarf factory or is it jelly key that worked with one of the esports leagues dwarf
4: Uh, Factory. dwarf
0: factory and fanatic
1: yeah Yeah, we saw that happen too which was really neat too and i I think it's i think that's a good way to go i think I'm, i'm really happy for you guys by the way that's that awesome.
4: partnership that they did definitely inspired us uh mm. i can't really talk into specifics but we're working with one of the largest uh, na esports teams oh cool um to do like kind of their own mascot and whatever um and then we're also working with one of the largest esports games but details are still to be announced
1: cool yeah um,
4: but i i think uh That kind of ties into Robert's point, and we had a conversation with uh, kind of the sales team behind the development studio, and they were like, four years ago, we would have never talked to you. We we see that you have this history of all these products. We see that they're up to a certain quality of standard and par, and you've done it over a long period of time. Now we'd be interested to start the the discussion and get the ball rolling, because... It's really hard to do it if you're just in a garage. Hmm. Well,
1: that's really cool. And I don't know if you guys know this too, but Chase is uh... Chase. You want to tell them a little bit about what
0: you do? Oh well, I uh, I run social media accounts and work with a couple of like esports players and competitive gamers uh, to develop content for YouTube and stuff like that. So I have a lot of background in content creation and just. Esports stuff and video games in general. So, uh, Chase is, like, I, I can see him smiling really like, as you guys are talking about this. Oh, That's I why. just like, I just like yeah. the crossover of like my worlds. I mean, it's a pretty, it's pretty easy to see the, the like lateral crossover between like video game stuff and keyboard stuff, obviously. But it's just, a uh, as both markets develop further and further, it's really cool to see more collaboration between the two.
4: I mean I I have reached out to CAA cuz I'm pretty sure they represent uh or they they used to represent Tim the Tatman but I always joke about like having a shiny bald head as a keycap <laughs> would be like the perfect play between like his fan base and uh and like kind of the brand he represents kind of You guys got to have
1: if you guys it. end up doing anything for Tim the Tatman you got to you, you have to promise me like this is a promise you guys need to make me you're throwing in a dent on the top Oh, of oh,
4: of course uh, there would of course be a dent. It, it that would be funny because like I
3: bet I bet console players would even buy those keycaps.
1: <laughs> well, cuz he plays a lot with Nick Merckx, right? Like he plays a lot yeah. with Nick, so. Well, they Nick's...
3: just have him to have him. Yeah. Shots, I mean, it's not I shots, they... so he has a
1: dent on his head. <laughs> it's not shots, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs>
3: Damn, well, I'll definitely be picking up one of the uh, Among Us caps when those. Yeah, that's cool. Come out. I, that's I'd cool. love to see how those are in the future. Um,
4: Yeah, I'm excited. It's another key cap we're going to do like accessories with kind of like how we did the Apollo. So it'll be cool to see how we explore that space in like a partnership mm. license perspective. Yeah, because like what about like a uh, lot of
3: costumes, like the little hats and stuff you can change in the game. Like there a are a battle. lot of costumes. Okay, that's cool.
2: That's cool for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So we got a busy year ahead of us, and uh, we'll have more big announcements too coming up in the next couple months. But that was one we're allowed to share. So
1: cool! I'm excited for you guys. I'm really happy. I've been uh, following your you guys' work for a while. I know I've tuned into a few of your streams. Um, but if you guys don't know, by the way, Clackies also streams. Do you mind actually talking in chat so they can? I mean, I could just do the whole shadow. How do you do this? S O. How do you do this again? I don't remember how to do this. God, I am the worst for this. There we go. <laughs> You're the worst. Okay, gamer. I am the worst. Um, All right, we actually are hitting. We just we, we blew past our like hour and a half mark. Um, did you guys have any last questions you guys wanted to ask? Or uh, in this case here, Max Robert, would you guys like to shout out anything else you guys are working on? Do you guys have any upcoming sales?
4: Um, uh, I guess. Just current live sales because I know they're ending right now. I'll just plug that. I know sure. uh, GMK Gateways uh, live right now, and we did a collaboration with them with like an Aperture uh, companion keycap. You can find that on our website if you go under GMK Collabs. Uh, I'll throw a link in that in chat in a second. And then the second one would be GMK Iceberg. Uh, we did like a cool transparent igloo. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the, that's my only plug.
1: <laughs> well, there you guys go. And then we have one last question from Quinn pin being any last second, a general advice for newbie artist and makers.
2: Um, just stay small and try to do really high quality stuff and don't try to make too many too fast because you don't want to learn the hard way that you either can't make enough. Um, I mean, do you guys remember the Bastions, like the original mm-hmm. Bastions that went out? Yep. And then that guy disappeared, like completely disappeared in, in a, I think, an art round two. And um, when we did our version, everyone thought we were that guy, <laughs> you know. And so like we, I didn't have to defend ourselves because, um, uh, like you know, our our fan base, I was already saying, no, 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 that's not these guys actually can deliver the thing that they're making that was a different person but you know it, it's 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 really easy it's easy to make a couple of things um so just grow slowly and do really high quality stuff and you'll find your success so there yeah. you guys go
0: Reagan chase you guys have any last things you want to say i want to say uh make sure you guys go follow uh clackies on instagram they are currently less than 100 followers away from 10,000, which for a business is actually a big milestone because 10,000 means they can do uh, swipe up links in their Instagram stories, which I'm sure they cannot wait to try, like utilize. So if you guys can go follow them on Instagram, uh, obviously that's how, another way for you to keep up with any of their releases or any products that they're teasing and stuff like that. So uh, definitely go give them a follow on Instagram, please. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. Chillin says just want to say i haven't touched on origins yet but it's amazing just to listen to you guys thank you Chillin." <laughs> reagan that do you, you have been, any last they, things oh sorry max go on
4: i was just gonna say and thank you guys like for putting this together like I, i've been yeah. kind of been lurking and watching your guys and stuff and i just I, oh, I this community is like quite uh fun to be a part of and it's always great learning from other people who have yeah, more
1: experience yeah. It's a, the, like, I, I'll, I'll say this again and again and again. And one of the things that like, keyboards are very much, I love them. Love keyboards. Love everything that goes in them. It's very much become a background thing because I actually enjoy hanging out with the people in keyboards more than I like the keyboards. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, my love for keyboards is very much yeah. up there. I love keyboards. But the people, like, I've, I've never met more of a friendly space. Obviously, there's, every every community has their bad eggs or something that happens but it's very mm. much a friendly space and you know come again coming from the audio hobby and coming from playing you know top leagues of, or top uh, top rating for world of warcraft it's it's not competitive it's there's not I feel like more at ease here it's not like audio where it was more just flexing constantly this is a fun space to be in, and thank you to everyone in chat for coming here today. Thank you guys for doing what you guys do. Uh, thank you, Reagan, for continuing to be Reagan. And as everyone always says, "What?" Oh, hi, Reagan. How you doing, Reagan? Did you want to say any last things?
3: Just go follow him on social media. There they, you go. They need to five up already. That's okay. it.
1: Uh, thank you, Chase, for being you, Chase. I uh, thank you guys in chat. Uh, let's see who we can raid. Reagan, is Katana on? Katana oh. is on. He's always Yo, on. Yeah, side note,
4: Chase, I would love to connect and talk about some of the uh, eSports stuff on the side.
0: All right, okay. I am down to talk. Let's raid Katana
1: Kaji. You guys love Katana. We lo- did I type in the right one? I did, OK. Um, <laughs> dude, I've done that once where I've typed in someone wrong. I'm like, whoa, 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 cancel, cancel, cancel. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good one. Thank you guys so much for coming tonight. Uh, the episode will be up, I guess, later on in the week. Uh, Mr. Chase will probably put it on YouTube, Spotify, and the rest of the stuff. But take care, everybody. And love you guys and good night. Thank you again, Clackies. Take care, everybody. Take
0: Thank care. you.